0: Welcome to the three thirds bank, one third scouts. It is episode number forty nine, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Very well, very well. How are you? I'm very good. Um, did you get the um, Did you get the screenshots that I sent you before before we, re- we started recording?
1: Yes, I some of them. Yeah, we, we've got listeners in Indonesia.
0: There's. Um... There's a long list. I couldn't... There was, there was probably about five screenshots I could have sent you of different countries that we've apparently been listened in.
1: So I clicked on the link for the, the for the Spotify rap thing, and it says that, like, half our listeners happen between 11 and 5.
2: Yeah, peak hours. Yeah.
1: But Yeah, but, but it said half our listeners happened then, and that is basically sort of half of the daytime, isn't it? Like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: About that, I did think later on we've put out over 1700 minutes worth of content this year. And I thought, yeah, I did did we that that week? that's quite impressive, yeah, in 21 episodes. That's nearly 100 minutes an episode. We're averaging a, we're averaging a football game an episode, pretty
0: much, yeah,
1: <laughs> and we're finishing them more often than Premier League clubs at the moment, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's it nice to see, wasn't it? I like that uh, the... we, we gained seven followers, I think it was. Was it? Oh, no, was it seven countries, but the followers are up 33%. Not bad,
2: is it? 33% of three is one, so we've, we've done well. <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, it said uh, five listeners have listened to our podcast more than any other podcast. Well, yeah, we were intrigued
1: by that because I assumed it, it's us three no, it's not me. No, I don't oh, listen. Yeah. I don't listen.
0: I
2: don't, I don't, don't listen. even. I don't even put it plate in the background to bump the numbers anymore. So it's definitely not me.
1: <laughs> ah, so it's, it's definitely Blinder because it came up as her most listened to podcast,
2: and it's What's me. That?
0: <laughs> That's that not two. True. I feel like we're letting it's the side, Dad. Here, Ross.
2: My so, most listened to was the um, well, the, the Bob Mortimer one and Andy whatever he's called. Oh yeah, yeah. That was my most listened to. But yeah, so I don't, who, I don't know who it is. Oh well, we're, fair, we're, we're great. It. We're grateful for you. Yeah, you could tweet into us, couldn't there? Yeah.
0: yeah, tell us that'd be nice if we found out who
2: the who the other three dedicated listeners are.
0: I'd love to see the uh, the their uh, wrapped two thousand and twenty one with uh, three thirds, Mike, one third Scouts at the top of their uh, most listened to podcasts. Yeah,
2: maybe they want the T shirt.
0: how many many was it five i'll get five printed (laughs) or maybe as a special
2: we could give a a a podcast worn t-shirt away yeah wow yeah that's quite an incentive isn't it will you sign it as well no no no
0: no (laughs) i'll just have sick down it after the night out
2: you gotta gotta wait for something for next year as well haven't you (laughs) podcast worn and signed. that's a Two whammies
0: in one. Well, we've good got. We'll probably okay. do the next. What the next one will be episode number fifty. So we'll have to get the gold pants out for that. You can. Oh me! <laughs> An exciting moment.
1: How, have you had a good week, Cheesy? That good.
2: Well, is gold pants?
1: Your secret word.
2: <laughs> 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 I think the, the kidnappers come, but we <laughs> just don't want to tell you about it, Simon. <laughs> it,
0: it, don't want to my, make you my, feel jealous about my, what you got up to. My, sorry, my, my wife just tried to ring me. And the, was, that's never happened before when we've been recording. And I was like, I can't, hang on a minute, I can't hear anything What's going on because my <laughs> phone's on silent. I was like, what's going on here? And I'm talking to myself. No, no we didn't it. have that problem when we were in a radio studio together. We never had that problem, did we? I'd, I'd, <laughs> accidentally, I'd accidentally logged on to uh, I thought I'd got Ross's Wi Fi for a minute then. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm just pleased for a change, that it wasn't me. That <laughs> <laughs> so go on, Sa- uh, cheese. I, I didn't get any of it. What did you ask me? We said, no, how I've are week. Week. Oh, I've had, a, I've had a wonderful week, it's been quite a tiring week, but. Had um, a wonderful week. So another another Christmas first this year. So it's not the mince pie. Uh, no. But We went to, went to Massey. Yeah, is that Very better than strange. light hoping? Um, I would probably say sl- I'd probably say slightly better. Get to pay for it, pay it longer. Yeah, I think I I, uh, I want to say eighteen pound twenty pound, which still felt like quite a lot. I mean, before you go into the Dun Massey experience,
2: from my house every single night, I can see the floodlights for Lightopia just teasing me. as if. Like, <laughs> look, look, look at all the lights we've got this year, Ross. <laughs> the trouble is, the council will come
1: round and charge you as well for looking at them.
2: <laughs> and on my drive home from work, I can see the big Christmas tree outside Heaton Hall lit up as well. Uh, they, they're just talking me from every angle, from work and home. So, yeah. Anyway, well, it doesn't matter.
1: i done a massive. It looks quite nice when you walk through it during the day with no lights on. I
2: mean, probably, probably, probably looks probably better because when I walk through it at night with no lights on, I couldn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it was, it was really nice. They had like, um, I, I mean, it was pretty much, I mean, the, the, only, the only thing I would say is that we went the day after Storm Barrow. Was it Barrow, whatever it was called? So it was incredibly wet and incredibly cold. Um, but I suppose it is Christmas. Just stick a hat on, some gloves on, and and, and you're away. But uh, there was a couple of bits that were relatively waterlogged, and it was the first kind of big Christmas night out walk type thing that we've done. Where we didn't take the pram, so I think after a while, Esme was a little bit tired, to say the least. But no, it was all right. It was all right. We had there was like like big um, little patches and and all sorts of stuff, and all it felt all very festive and. Um, they had like some open fire pits where you could like toast marshmallows that didn't taste very nice. Um, <laughs> Great and Gray- Grayson went down. Uh, they had like some rides there, so we went down the helped the skeleton and went on the um, went on the carousel. We had some food. It was I, 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 we, we bought we got pulled pork and chips, and I've never seen the the amount of pulled pork on one on one like tray that I've ever seen before. It was it was that much. I told it with two hands. It was that heavy
2: so how did you eat it just like a dog just mouth straight <laughs> in i
0: have <Like, laughs> kind of, actually gone to the toilet so I was like I, I was I was holding it I was thinking, this is heavy this I was like I need two hands and the, and the kids were running around so I was like stuck a couple of forks in it and then when you came back I just shoveled a lot in quick so it didn't it didn't, it wasn't that heavy but I thought it's going to get cold that
1: is it. because your preferred way to eat isn't it because when you go to when you went to that restaurant you like you just sat there while they threw food in your mouth didn't they so, <laughs> but, you are an alternative eater
0: <laughs> I thought I was. Obsessed. We stood there and they were grilling it or they were putting it in front. I thought she was just going to do that thing with the burger flipper where they were just going to. There you go. They can check it out. chuck them at you. <laughs> I'm left. The, the woman at the van Why have you got your mouth open, sir, with your tongue hanging out? <laughs> just that squirting barbecue sauce straight into my mouth. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it's, so- it, it's really nice, sounds delightful. Yeah, but, At least I mean, a you bit... for money with food. Yeah, no, it was not. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. I, oh, I, pay I think you get a burger van burger. The um, what but I, the only thing was, we the tickets were what time was that? I think our tickets were for either like five or quarter past five. So to get to the other side of Alteringham from where we were by, I think actually got on about half three, so we added like a mad dash to get to the other side of Altringham, So. It was a bit stressful getting there, but once we were there, it was it was relatively nice. Got a very Christmassy. We, we Santa Claus was there. He made an appearance. Um, the, the Santa Claus. The well, he, he, to be fair to me, looked like the Santa Claus. Um, so that was very nice. Grace had some pictures with him. Esme not so much. Um, Esme was a little bit wary, and um, and then yeah, we had uh, with some churros and uh, and we got in the car. And then as we were leaving, like the next like it it got it felt like it got even busier the next lot of people that were coming in at like seven o'clock were arriving so they must they must make an absolute fortune from it but i'm sure ashley said to me that she had to book tickets in march for it wow eh? and because it was it was sold out but yeah it it was really good it had a really good time
1: there
2: you go family triumph yeah how was your week simon
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I'm having, I've been having a lovely time. I, um, well, but was, oh, I'll Oh, tell you what I did. We we went to go and see Blinda's family on Friday, and then we met up with some friends, went around theirs on Saturday, and for both occasions, Blinda made a cheesecake. So we've had, I've eaten so much cheesecake in
2: the last few days.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> cheesecakes.
2: Didn't I see on Instagram that uh, when you went around to your friends, wasn't it, a cheese and wine night as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so. So, the, the one the cheesecake she made for that, she bought a special mold. So, it's cheesecake that looked like cheese as well.
2: Because so the, the amount of cheese you must have consumed, I mean, of dairy.
1: Oh, yeah, it was like a da- downing street party. Yeah, do,
2: do your
1: um, your, do your, do your bones feel very strong and sturdy at the minute? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've got enough calcium to get me through Christmas, I reckon. You're just kicking iron bars to see how hard. You <laughs> see <your bones laughs> <laughs> don't mess with me, yeah. And um, that, uh, you, I, I also I went to go and watch I watched Mac- Macclesfield Town away at Northwich Victoria a few weeks ago, which I don't I don't think we've done a podcast since. And um that Macclesfield Town's star player at the
2: moment is Neil Dans. Remember, he used to oh, play Palace, very very
0: recently, Yeah, I think he was at Palace as well, were not
2: he? Yeah, yeah. Neil Dans or Scott Dan.
0: No, Neil Danz. Neil Dan, Scott Dan was centre half, wasn't it? Neil Dan's the centre centre midfielder. Scott Dan's still still in the championship, isn't he? I'm not sure.
2: I'm I'm not a keen follower of Scott Dan's career, to be honest. You're not following the Dan's, are you?
1: No, no. Neil (laughs) Dan was so much better than every other player on the pitch. It was kind of a bit embarrassing. So Max Luton in the same league as Presswich Hayes. So you know we've seen in the flesh the the standard that is Ross. (laughs)
0: So Neil Downs scored a hat trick, and he's got a hat trick. What from from deep line midfielder? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
2: what you wanting?
1: To be fair to him, he sort of you know he was allowing everybody else to have a game, and he wasn't being too frustrated by the fact that everybody else was rubbish. Despite he, God knows what he's thinking when he's playing,
2: I was just thinking I could get an hat trick here by not really trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: He's he's doing a and up in his career goals massively played at <laughs> the, uh, the back end of his career. Well, it's
2: one thing to me
1: was like the trouble is you can't at this level you can't really talk about tactics because they need to improve
0: everything. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's not a tactics board big enough in the, in the uh, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: know? not all like, oh, they need to you know work on the passing or defensive shape or like everything needs to improve. But it was, it was good fun. It was uh, a pleasant... I had a very good
0: bovril, actually. I've not had a bovril for a long time. I don't think I've ever had a bovril. It's another thing that's eluded me in my life, I think.
1: Well, I was queuing up. I was going to get a cup of tea, and uh, cause it was really cold. And as I got to the front, an old lady, what had she just been served, and she was walking past me, and she, I just heard her saying, oh, that's good bovril. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? She probably knows her stuff. She looked like she's been sort of around the hot hot drinks counter for a long time. So I oh. uh, backed her, and she was right. It was really good bovril.
2: What is it? What makes a good What makes a good bovril I, I suppose a, a, a richness. You
1: know, it's not too watered down. I, I assume it's sort of powder powder made.
2: It's like
1: gravy. Yeah, yeah, it's basically <laughs> gravy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ever you ever uh, north of Northwich Victoria Way, they play at Witten Albion's ground, I think they're called, or Witten, whatever they're called. Then yeah, I advise the bother. I will tell you what did happen though. And this and this is a farce. So, so Maxford not quite a big team in that league. So I think it's not common to have that many fans there. So it's a bit of a bit of a good day if you're working behind the counter. And there was a bloke in front of me. Who kind of he didn't look the same as we, but because we had a lot of layers on, but he was really drunk, and to be honest, he was being a bit annoying. But he got served before me, but I think she then thought I was him, and so she then she says to me, um, "Oh, the both and the chips and the hot dog—that's um, five pounds or six pounds or something." I was like, oh, I wasn't, I actually wasn't the chips and the hot dog. That was, I'm, I'm just the rule. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, all right, let's call it three quid. No, <laughs> no, she certainly can't be three quid, but let's call it like two quid. But basically, she just sort of plucked, plucked, plucked a number out of her head. Like I was like, there was there seems to be any kind of pricing policy. And I felt like she sort of charged me extra because... She thought I was a bit of an idiot, but I, but I wasn't. He, he was annoying the other guy. I could see why you'd want to rip him off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, should have been on the, I should have been on the fifty p rate. You're charging the old ladies. I, I'm just a nice, <laughs> nice
2: guy trying to get warm. You mean the man winning smile didn't, didn't? Well, kill. yeah. Oh. That's the thing.
0: I mean, Simon, if there, if there was ever a quote for the back of your three thirds, Mike one thirds, t-shirt, it's <laughs> I'm just. I, I thought it was. I'm just the botherer.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, nice day. N- nice week. And I'm having my booster jab on Thursday, so yeah. we're oh, we going to and we're going to Christmas markets tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Mm. I mean um, I, I feel like very you've got the, the uh in slightly the wrong order. You should have probably done booster jab first and then Christmas markets, <laughs> but <yeah.
0: laughs> Well we oh, both book... hoping to catch it to see how effective this booster is. <laughs> well I was gonna say at the minute boosters can't be choosed as it looks like.
2: <laughs>
1: how about how about you, Ross? What you what have you been up to? Uh
2: well at work today it was the final you'll know about this, Simon. It was final rehearsal for the Panto. Yeah, well, I was wondering where the Panto would be up to. So Panto is tomorrow, so we had dress rehearsal rehearsals. Oh, no, oh yes, it is. Uh, so that all went swimmingly. So I was, that's that was a weight off the shoulders. And what, what happened in the end with... You were kind of playing a director role, were you? Or... Yes, no, mm-hmm. still... still, Yeah, done all that. Organised it all. Made sure surely, got costumes and props.
0: And... Surely they've, they've done that before or tapped into your extensive film knowledge. <laughs> no, never. They've used me as a bit part actor in the past. I oh. after this time they've... Have they had to to put somebody at the side with uh, subtitles and written out in big cards this year, just in case anybody can't understand what's uh, what's actually being said, for your love of movies in a foreign language?
2: (laughs) Uh, No, we haven't. Well, no, we haven't actually. We used to. When I first did it, because none of us can remember the script, we tried having the script on a big screen at the back of the hall. Yeah, I remember those years. But that was an absolute nightmare. So now it's just kind of pre-formed. But it, it it was quite good tonight. It should be quite a success. And we're doing two performances tomorrow. Which is, uh, is going to be stressful. But it should be okay. So, so are,
1: you, are you in it at all? as, a, as, a, as a, I, so I am, am now. I'm going to be, but I am now. I am. Well, what someone
2: dropped out? And... Yeah. I mean, I'm with... <laughs> So yeah, so we, we asked the volunteers and we got someone to come be a guard, um, a supply TA because they're in long term. And then they came for a week and then they didn't turn up the week after. We said, all oh, right, where's where's he gone? And uh, we got told that to, uh, they've got too much work to do. And I thought, haven't we all? Like, <laughs> I've mean, got loads of work to do, but I've got to be doing this. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so I had, to, I, had to, I had to step in and do that. But that's fine. Uh So, yeah, so it happens tomorrow. So we should all go swimming, though. And then um at the weekend, uh Teddy played football. He scored his first goal, which was a very exciting moment. I was very, very pleased for him. So you know how what? did it come about? Well, so he... So last week... Oh, we haven't been a podcast since last week. He... Uh, he said to me in the car that he really, really wants... He, no, we haven't... He hasn't won a game against another team yet. I said, oh, I was like, oh, don't worry about it, mate. It's absolutely fine. As long as you keep getting better and trying your best, that's all I want. And then they went 2-1 up in this game. And then they didn't have any subs, so they kind of lost concentration towards the end. So when they went 3-2 down, he burst into tears straight away on the pitch, turned into, like, prime Roy Keane, just going to snap in anyone that moves. Uh, <laughs> And I, uh, it's all the like point, I, Well, I was refing to the point where I had to say, Teddy, look, you carry on. You're just gonna have to come off because <laughs> it's too much. Uh, just sliding through the back of players. I thought someone's gonna do DL at the tender age of six. And <laughs> um, so yeah, so he lost that, and then he was he was inconsolable for an hour afterwards. So I was heartbroken last week. So we went into this week, and uh, one of the players didn't turn up on time for Teddy's team and Teddy started in there, and he went 3-0 down quite quickly and I thought oh this is going to be a bit a bit of a disaster but then this other lad turned up who could defend and uh, they ended up for the next they play like four 10 minute quarters and for the next 30 minutes they won it 2-1 and t- so Teddy Teddy scored the second of their goals uh, so basically this lad played in defence he kind of passed it out to Teddy who was on the right wing Teddy's first touch took him past his defender and then he was through through on goal and then he just lined it up and put it far post oh. the left, left. and then he all ran away
0: own, all his own work as
2: well ran away pulled out the Ronaldo the su and then yeah carried on so I, I got very emotional like almost to the point where I nearly started crying <laughs> Come on, <Rob>. compose yourself <laughs> <laughs> it's kids have a side football. But yeah, no, it's good. It's very good.
0: And I mean, it, I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised you didn't get on that pitch. I'm surprised you were on that pitch. Well, luckily,
2: he was in a caged five-a-side pitch, so I couldn't uh, get in uh, without
0: uh, opening a couple of gates and
2: getting in there. But I probably would have been. So yeah, so it was a good good Saturday.
1: Drive home. Did you crack old track crack open the old uh, England football playlist? World in motion. No, we
2: no, we didn't. We just phoned as many people as he wanted to phone and describe the goal to, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I can oh, we to.
0: I'll live with him forever.
2: Well, no, I don't think it will because you ask him about it now, he can't remember it. <laughs> 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 it's as if like, that happens every day. So yeah, so that happened, and then uh, so that started. Then he had a then he had a birthday party afterwards and then uh sunday luke had football training and he was very pleased with himself because in his little training match at the end of the game he scored four goals um and then it was straight back home get the mcdonalds for dinner and then get the f1 on which i'm sure you two both did as well
1: yeah i watched it i watched it with a hangover on sunday So no i've not really watched f1 for years but i quite enjoyed the end of this season and it was uh, it was dramatic, wasn't it?
2: Well, I um I'd watched the last like three or four races maybe. Um so I kind of thought, oh, Hamilton's got a big chance here. And then obviously whatever happens last week and I can't remember what happened the week before. But obviously Hamilton wins going level on points. You're like, this couldn't be set up any better. Like I was thinking this is This is the dream. This is exactly what you want going into the final race. It'll be a right ding-dong of a battle. And then when we turned it on and Hamilton took the lead in the first corner and then pretty much led, (laughs) I was like, oh, God. I've been excited all week to watch this and this is going to know how it turned out. And then all hell broke loose, didn't it, at the end? Cheeser?
0: Yeah, so I think... um, So the conspiracy theorists out there will say that uh, Michael Schumacher's son, who is uh, currently racing... Um, in F1, I believe was the one who uh, had caused um, some damage uh, to. I what? thought was it. I can't remember whose car it was that crashed out. Was it Latifi? Yeah. So he caused some damage to Nicholas Latifi's car, and he was the one that spun out. I think four laps from the end. Well, he forced uh, him wide, didn't it? Turn, which made him pick up some debris onto his tires, which then made yeah. him spin, and then he spun into the wall. At which point, um there was a. I think there was a there was a virtual safety car, um, at yeah. which point, like Max Verstappen, has come in and changed to a, a new set of um, hard tyres, um, and then a couple of laps later, there was an, an actual safety car, where he coming again, and so obviously when there is a, an actual safety car, they just bump everybody back up together. You basically allowed a free pit stop, which puts you at the advantage of um, you can basically just roll the dice, which is what um, Red Bull did. Um, and then that brings the pack back together. So I think Hamilton at this point was about nine seconds in the lead, and then that was taken down to about one second. Um, they normally do allow, like so. Obviously, if you go into the pits, you end up then at the back of the at the back of the pack, and they allow you to come back to the front. Um, which was the, obviously the big controversy that were they or weren't they going to do that? They they could have finished the Grand Prix behind the safety car and nobody could have overtook anybody and everybody would have just finished in the order that happened when the crash happened. Um, And then all of a sudden, I think it almost felt like within about 30 seconds, Verstappen was right behind the back of Hamilton. Safety car came in, they had a lap of racing and then there was absolutely no way that Hamilton could have have kept Verstappen behind on brand new tyres, on the faster tyres. And he overtook him, I think, five corners in. And then Hamilton just couldn't get back. He was basically a sitting duck, um, and it just felt a very, a very painful way. To um... what, what was your
2: when you watched it, Simon? What was your initial reaction in terms of fairness and?
1: I was so, I was glad it all happened because it I, it was starting to get a bit boring towards the end, wasn't it? It was, it was sort of meandering to Hamilton winning, and Chris, uh, Jerry Alliwell's husband. He was on the. So by the way, they get <laughs> incredible access, don't they? You are like, like they get incredible access when you're watching it on TV. Like just like mid race, I'll just like interview the, the team, team principal
2: boss or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, so, so he was like, "Oh, look, it'll take a miracle from here."
2: You think, I like yeah. the way I like the way Christian Horner, the team principal, probably carved out quite a good career. He's now known to you as. Jerry Halliwell's husband. What <laughs> is the Spice really, Girl yeah. married to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, is, it, is that the other way? Just call uh, Christian Horner's <laughs> wife. <It's> been outraged. Ism
0: <laughs> going. <on. laughs> she, she's just with Lindy going. He's always tinkering in that shed with that car. I don't know what he's doing <laughs> there. He won't listen to me. <laughs>
1: And um, yeah, but, but then they had that, that safety car and then they were like, oh, it might just end behind the safety car. I thought, oh, that'll be boring. And then they're like, no, we're going to let them race. And I thought, oh, that'll be a bit of fun. And it was quite exciting. So I'm, basically, I'm not bothered if it's unfair. I just wanted it to be exciting. But what was your view?
2: Uh, I, I, I just thought Hamilton's been robbed, basically. Everyone seemed surprised, like... I mean, I, I I didn't know the I don't know the rules of FIA. I'm, I'm not going to press a do, but it just felt very unfair that you could have a ten second lead, then you get told that cars aren't going to be allowed to unlap themselves, and then literally like you hear uh, people get on the radio and go, "We need to race," and then all of a sudden there's a decision that goes right, unlap and race. I just thought, ooh. Oh, yeah, I did
1: quite don't, like don't it. Think, right. Oh. At one point, the Mercedes guy was was complaining money, and then the guy in charge was just like, "Look, mate, it's a motor race." <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed. It. I wish you'd see football referees do that
0: sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, mate, I've made a decision. <laughs> hey, I, I, just, I, 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 I just, I was I trying to just... think about, um, I was trying to think about what potentially, like because the easiest thing to do is make a football analogy. And I think I meant, I mentioned the the Aguero thing, but I don't even think it's probably, I don't even think it's probably even like that. I think it's probably more than that. Like, I think back to, I don't know, for some strange reason, I've seen, some, I remember Sunderland scoring a last minute winner against City about, I don't know, about 10 years ago. And I felt like it was very similar, similar to that, that they just played very much, like on the, on like they were just very much on the back foot. They weren't taking any risks whatsoever. And then, or like the last minute, they were just gone and they've just gone they've just nicked it and I was like they've just it was just it was just a really really odd scenario of mercedes just going no we, we want it, we want to make sure we've got track position cuz all of their all of their engineers worried about that if they would have come into the pits that verstappen could have stayed out and um, he would have then got track position that if the safety car then would have run to the end of the race that that mercedes could have done absolutely nothing because um uh, Verstappen would have been at the front they, weren't, they wouldn't have been allowed to overtake him and Verstappen would have run, won, won the race on whatever tyres he wanted because the other issue that was also happening as well was that um, the hard tyres that Hamilton were on had been on his car for about 40 laps so they were only supposed to last for 50 laps so they weren't going to last a long time so the more and more the safety car comes out and the less pressure they have to put on the tyres the less wear they get it helps Hamilton but 40, 40 lap old hard tyres, as opposed to brand new soft tyres, which is the tyres you set when you're doing your qualifying lap on on the Saturday. There was just there was just no way that he that he was going to be able to keep him behind. Um, but I mean, it was one of them things. Red Bull rolled the dice every time they possibly could do. They went completely the opposite to Mercedes. Mercedes were just playing defensive. Don't come in for tyres. Don't come in for tyres. And even Lewis said, I think 10, 10 laps before the end. Like we need to, we need to come in for tyres. We need to come in for tyres, um, but there was just never that gap. And because Verstappen was always behind, he could come in whenever he wanted to. Um, and he probably, I think, even if Hamilton would have come in, Verstappen would have stayed out on the tyres that he had, and probably still would have won the race. I don't necessarily know whether Hamilton would have got back, would have got back in front of him. But like you said, it's, I just it's,
2: it's, think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just think there's a lot of I read a comment, I've been watching loads of YouTube videos on it, and I read a comment that obviously the cars in between Verstappen and Hamilton were allowed to clear out the way, which obviously then gives Verstappen his big advantage, doesn't it? Because he's got a clear run. He hasn't got five cars to get around. But then the cars in between, I'm not saying it would have happened, but the cars in between, because Carlos Sainz was third, wasn't there? Yeah. So in between Sainz and Verstappen, they stayed, which... If you would have gone from a safety car and you punched everyone up, Sainz could have potentially attacked. Like if if Hamilton and Verstappen were doing things, and Sainz might have sort an opportunity and done something or caused Verstappen to think something different. If you know what I mean, Sainz, how is it? I,
0: I, I just thought you're not
2: you're not having parity across the whole field. Are you? You're not.
0: Yeah, and I, That's I, I think many. From, I think from what you said with the, for the race itself so i was very much the case of that uh, that hamilton or, uh, in the last five races hamiltons had this power unit his car so he's basically had a new engine and it's just been it's just been incredible they've managed to tune it um within the regulations and it's just been an absolute monster and it's he's won in it's won in four. it won in four races on the trot um and then they came to the grand prix on saturday, on the qualifying on saturday and uh, Verstappen put in this lap which was just incredible and even mercedes said they couldn't they couldn't deal with it he was 3 tenths faster Started on pole, but then during the race, like Hamilton was just—you could whatever whatever Red Bull tried to do, Hamilton was faster. Whatever tires they were on, whatever strategy they were doing, he was just at one point he was faster on the harder tires than Verstappen was on the medium and the soft tires. So you were like, you—I would—it would have been a bit more like, say, if Hamilton would have overtook overtaken with ten laps to go. But actually, it would have been—it would have been by a bit of fluke, and Red Bull would have been amazing all weekend. Then it would have been unfair. But you just felt that Hamilton's car for that race was, was just way in a way better than than Red Bull's, and a, a decision, a, an almost like a, a VAR decision or a, well, a post that's VAR decision what is what's.
2: I think yeah, I think that's what I, that's what I think gets me the most. I think if you would to watch the race and the lead would have been changing, I don't know, every lap or like every five laps, there would something would have happened and Verstappen would have been leading. You wouldn't know never where it was going to go, but I think just it's come down to one race and then Hamilton was never going to be caught if a race would have happened, like a race under just normal race conditions would have happened. And then he's this through no fault of his own. He's ended up absolutely He's just been, everything's been taken away from, him, hasn't it? So that's, that's just what I think that's what, well, but I mean the appeal didn't in and then the appeal got turned down. And then the strong feeling is that they won't appeal again because
0: it was mentioned that they might do. But I think they were going the big... to, yeah, they were going to. What was it? Uh, refer the protest or whatever it was. But you think it's part? You think now it's? It, ultimately, it's kind of gone. It's just one of them things. But well, I you think it's like of, a really loose, don't you? Yeah, but there was a couple of other people mentioned because it could have been. I think everybody went back to then like what Hamilton had done before. That could have potentially been his tenth world title because he's lost. I think he lost in 2007. I think it was his first season. He lost the he lost the championship in the second to last race when he crashed out in the pit lane. He would have won that. Um, I think there was another one where um, I think in 2008. I think it was that he had um, he had an engine failure at the second to last race of the season that cost him 20 points or whatever it was. Then that cost him the, the title. But then similarly in Brazil in I don't know 2013, which was. Probably even closer than that, the, the rain had um, basically just basically shut one of the cars down in front of him. He, he took this, he overtook this car on the last corner, and got then managed to get enough points to win the Grand Prix from Ferrari. So to win the championship from Ferrari, so he's he's been involved in some incredible um, in in some incredible end of the seasons before, and it just makes you think that next year. That this rivalry will obviously continue. I think the cars are going to change. The cars are changing next year as well. I think they're going to have bigger tyres on them. I don't know if the engines are changing, but uh, Red Bull are not having Honda next year. I don't think they're having, but they'll have, they'll have a new power unit. So Red Bull could be a completely different car next year. It could be faster. It could be slower. Um to just makes for a really exciting season. I think it'll probably give Hamilton that bit between his teeth to go. I'll get to number eight next. I'll get to number eight next year. I thought he might just give it up after this. I thought he might win this one and then just think, "Oh, I've, I've got eight now. Nobody else is probably going to get eight, so I'll just, I'll just give it a rest on. I'll, I'll go and carry on designing stuff, for Tommy Hilfiger or whatever he does, singing songs." Um, I will tell you what, it was though. It's rare that you're still talking about an F1 race three days
2: later, isn't it? It's the, like normally F1 happens. It's news that night and then. You never hear of it again, do you? Yeah. No well,
0: he was race. he was so far he's so far behind, and it's obviously been topsy turvy. They've crashed into one another more than once um, in the season. I think they weren't far off touching it, touching when they when they raced on on Sunday. Um, like Hamilton's just come out for out of nowhere, in these lost four races and just looked like a really dominant driver. Um, considering that uh, Bottas has pretty much had the same car, but he's been absolutely nowhere near him. Um, but yeah, it was just a really tough. Uh, it was really tough for him, and I, I thought, I'll, although that the radio had come out afterwards, and he, he, he I didn't, know, I don't necessarily, he said whether it was rigged, but he was like, it would almost been like, it would almost been made well, to the fact was, that he was. it one to of win. you two that pointed out, or um,
1: I don't know, if I saw it on Twitter, but because, because at one point, Verstappen's teammate helped him out, didn't he? Because like, he was, he sort of accidentally ended up in the front because he'd not pitted, so Hamilton was behind him. Wait, and then he was out, sort of able to hold up Hamilton for a
2: while. He slowed but him well, right up, so for a chance to yeah. bring back him, Yeah.
1: But, but Bottas didn't help Hamilton out at all, did he? Like, he was just sort of miles
2: back throughout, never in danger of being of any use. And then the last few races, every time you look, oh, Hamilton's at the front. Where's Bottas? No, he's sixth, trying to fight through some traffic. He just, uh, if Bottas would have been up, like, if Bottas would have been up and possibly second. With Hamilton, the Edward had one two, but then it's a different race again, isn't it? So, at least for at least Stappen, you could say was still kind of.
0: It's just your tactics and stuff. It. it just gives you more options as a, as a team to deploy tactics and stuff like that. But. Well, he's not was, there next Bottas. So. Yeah, ultimately, it's just one of those. It's just one anyway,
2: of those should
0: things. we get on the real sport? We shall. <laughs> Well, do, you want, do you want? We <laughs> I think we so should. I should just a break. Break. Do you want to have a break? Yeah, we'll, we'll have a break. We'll come back and we'll uh, we'll talk about Ralph. Welcome back to the three thirds Mike one third scales podcast, and we will start um, with Manchester United. So, our last podcast, we were discussing the. That Oli Solskjaer has been relieved of his duties, um, and the man in, um, in in an interim basis for the time being has been Ralph uh, Ranicky had two games, um, because obviously United have had their game postponed uh, tonight because of COVID. How do you think he's got on? I've been pretty pleased so
1: far. I think I like, he's definitely improved as a team. Uh, we just look a little bit more solid. We kept a couple of clean sheets, um, and yeah, I think it just got so toxic under under Ollie that there was just sort of no way around it and I think we just look like we've got a proper manager in charge again and, and I've been quite impressed by the way like this, just what Ralph's been sort of saying in the press like the way he's sort of saying look I'm not going to beg Pogba to stay and you know someone was asking him about Martial leaving and he was like well I'm not going to have negotiations in public with his agent Yeah, know he, he can come and talk to us if he wants to come and talk to us so I've been quite impressed by just sort of his general conduct.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Obviously, um, a couple of clean sheets that's nice to see suddenly that we can keep a clean sheet instead of looking like giving away goals every week. Um, but even to the point where uh, just little things that would never have happened in Raleigh, like Dallow and Teller seem to be the first choice of full-backs. And that's obviously because of the system that Rangnick plays with this 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. So the whip has to come from the full-backs. So you kind of struggle to see Wan-Bissaka getting back in because of his lack of attacking output. Um, obviously, Luke Shaw wasn't playing that well before but it gives him a bit of room for his money now. Tell us he's, he's, he's doing something. Um, so, so is he playing two up top? Well, it's been Ronaldo and someone. Um Rashford, he's the to have picked. Um but yeah, no, I mean, he could only really go for two games that he's had in the Premier League because the one in the Champions League was basically a a real second string kind of kind of one Yeah, one matter have a go, yeah. Yeah, one yeah, matter of Van der Beek as holding midfielders. You were always I mean, I expect that when we scored quite early on, basically, was goals, I was thinking, oh, this could be four, five, six, That's the way I've heard. But after, the only thing I've been disappointed about was obviously the first game. Um, who was it against? Was it Newcastle? No, Arsenal. No, but uh, they were the high press and everything, and the winning the ball back. Everyone was lauding it in the first half when talking about. Oh, I was thinking, oh, this is, this could be exciting, and then it kind of died away a bit. I think that's more fitness and obviously. <laughs> They're not used to doing it for a full 90. Then the Champions League game, it was kind of a bit all over the show because obviously it was players that hadn't really played for ages. Uh, Anthony elanga up front with Mason Greenwood and, like I said, matter and Van der Beek. And So it's all these players who are playing new positions, aren't really been playing the team? So you're always going to struggle to see what's being implemented. And then the game on TV against Norwich, I was thinking, well, this is, Perfect, isn't he? He's rested his first choice team in the Champions League, so they've had a week's rest. So I was thinking, the high press against Norwich, this must be like their cannon fodder, must be goals galore. But then it didn't really happen, did it? And I was kind of a bit thinking, mm, I don't know, is this the way Is this the way of playing away from home? Is this his tactics away from home? But I don't know I was just a bit underwhelmed. what I was really excited because I thought the one game I'm going to get to see live for the first time it's against the lower team, confidence builder. I mean, it was one nil penalty. I was thought, oh, so I don't know yet. I don't. I, I'm still haven't seen enough of him. Um, obviously, like you say, the game's cancelled tonight because of COVID, and the training complex has been shut
0: down. So there's no is way there, of putting any work in. Is there anybody that's um, you can? I mean, apart from Fred, is there anybody that's had a marked change in performance? Does it any? Does it look like he's put his arm around a few, or is it just a case of they're just? Done the basics and done the basics well. So, I think you know, Ronaldo does do a bit of pressing, doesn't he? He started to,
2: I think, ever since it was noticed that he wasn't pressing, he has started to press more because it, it became the thing to mention, didn't it? Ronaldo doesn't yes. press, so and then everything, and that was everywhere, wasn't it? Everyone was saying it, and there was every, every football match that was on, it was can Ronaldo press, and every Tom Dick and Harry had his opinion. And I think ever since then, he has started to do it more. But he wasn't at the start of the season. 100% he wasn't at the start of the season. But he has started to do it now, yeah. And also,
1: you know, Lindelof had to go off injured, but it just just sort of feels like any centre-half we played at the moment seems to be, it just seems a little bit more solid, doesn't it? It seemed like every combination felt like a bad combination at one point under under the back end of Oli, didn't it? But... I think you know, they've they've all looked a lot better since uh, since Ralph come in, and David De Gea with big saves again in that uh, was it the Arsenal game? He was making loads of great saves.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's good. he has been. He has been good. He seems to be back on forms, doesn't he? I tell, but when you said cheesy about is anyone playing better other than Fred, I just think like you're now kind of asking people like Fred's always been good at harassing people, but now he's been asked to harass people, whereas I think under Solskjaer, like you said, we had, I mean, we've mentioned it before, we have become this, you sit deep kind of team and set up that way. And Fred's never been the best passer of football, no matter what. And playing in tight areas, that's not been his, his best attribute. So under other, we're always kind of, we were winning it back in our area or in around our own area, and then asking start asking to play from back near our own net whereas now obviously Ralph wants us to win it higher up and then he's obviously been giving some simple instructions to just pass it to someone else simpler and that suits him so it's, it's, you're just kind of asking the player like looking at their abilities and using what they've got as opposed to trying to overcomplicate it yeah you, just, you wonder sort of how much training they're going to be able to do this week because Presumably,
1: it's just going to be everyone stay away from each other for a few days. Let's just try and get rid of COVID, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you were. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you don't get the game postponed without shutting down your training ground, do you? Because you can't say, "Oh, yeah, new manager comes in, can we get postponed this one?" And we'll have a week at the training ground because that that would have been would have been a bit unfair. But it's interesting times. I just it. I've been reading lots and lots about him, and I think. The main, um, the main problem he'll have is if he's... Apparently, every every time he's had success at a club, he's been allowed to um, make whatever changes he wants and instigate every system that he wants and bring in whatever he wants. So it's whether United are open enough and the powers that be of him are open enough to allow him to take this kind of control, which I'm hopeful they are, because obviously the way he's been brought in with this consultancy role afterwards... What's the point in having him there for two years afterwards if you're not going to listen to what he says? It's seems a bit daft, doesn't it? So I'm hoping. I'm hoping that things things change and we we get a we have, we have we're in a better place at the end of the season. But it's quite a good favourable run of fixtures as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good time to take over, wasn't it? The next seven or eight games are all on paper. Take out four, and if you would have said United against this team, you would say they're all winnable, should not they? Which like builds up that confidence, doesn't it? And that belief in what you're doing as a team. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh,
0: give I mean, time, well, I was say, I'll give him time to get um, the team ready for the Champions League. Well, that's the, obviously that's February, isn't
2: it? Um, so, yeah, so it allows him to get the performances there. Uh, but then at the same time, obviously, playing like... Against whichever team
1: we end up getting drawn against in the Champions <laughs> League. I imagine they'll have another three goes at that before.
2: <laughs> Should we do it? Just send yeah. it in.
1: <laughs> well, I was
2: hoping we'd get the call. Yeah, eventually. Um, but no, I think... I don't know. You, you just don't know at the minute. I mean, what I would say is it'd be interesting to see how much he sticks because he, he played the same first 11 for both Premier League games, it's how much he sticks religiously to that or how much he chops and changes it. I mean, I think Ronaldo was going to always start like he always did with Solskjaer, but does Rashford always start? Then does Greenwood get his chance then?
1: Well, it'll be interesting when Cavani comes back. I can see him starting. Yeah, surely so this is what...
0: Surely he's not going to start Ronaldo every game over over Christmas.
2: I, I don't know. Well, possibly not, but... It'd be just—that's inter- what I'm saying. It's just interesting to see who get, who actually gets a, who does get a chance. Does Van der Beek suddenly start getting more opportunities because he's not really come on in the Premier League games before Solskjaer would have brought him on? Does I don't know. Does Mason Greenwood fit into this? Does Jaden Sancho, which seems to be getting good run of games, does he suddenly start? Where, where do loads of people fit into this? So that that's what I'm interested to see
0: how he uses the squad more. Did- do you think it it's? Do you think Pogba can play in this team, or is it uh, very much a Pogba-less team? I I mean I don't. Is it him or Fernandez? Because you can't really have. Cause you I mean surely you can't have both in a two. Or well I don't know. Maybe you could do. Yeah, you probably could, but I don't. Like, I don't know
1: if I'm fully just... fit, firing and and really wanting to play well. I think mean, Pogba gets into your team, doesn't he? You know, you either playing in the sort of the, the bottom two or or the sort of middle two, and you know, in the end, he was sort of playing on the left for for all for all he wasn't he. I think you want him on the pitch if he's at his best. But look, I mean, I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't be thinking we need to adapt the tactics to find a way for for Paul Pogba. I think you know, it, it feels increasingly like the end game of of Pogba at United, doesn't it? I can't. It's hard to. I just don't. I'm not really
2: sure. I see him signing another contract with us. But I also think, from what you said, like at the start, Simon, you said about the way uh, Ralph conducts himself and handles himself. I can't imagine him wanting to put up with this kind of yeah nonsense as well. Just I know I know Solskjaer was praised for the way he dealt with Raúl and managed the whole situation and kept Pogba kind of half interested, but. It was still time showing Solskjaer's reign when you like, is popper interested? Then he pull out his five or six great games. You go, oh, we can't do it without Pogba. But it just becomes tiring, doesn't it, and draining. And I just don't think... You, you're either going to buy fully into what Ranyuk's going to do or you're not. And I think if you're not, and you're not going to be there 100%, 100% of the time, you, you're probably going to be got rid of, aren't you?
1: No, and, and I, feel like if, I feel like the guy Ranyuk, Will sort of allow an exception for is probably Ronaldo. Yeah, you know, I think Ronaldo's probably the one he's think, wow, this is the best player I've ever got to work with. Maybe I, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't get the impression from him he's like super committed to his ta- like so. Not he's not like Sari in that way that he was just so obsessed with that's the way he played. and he's a bit flexible, but you can only really be flexible for one guy, can't you? You know, you can't sort of indulge you can't indulge two players and still be committed to
2: a certain tactics, can you? Yeah, but uh, but you can indulge Ronaldo because
0: he yeah. creates very little
2: off-field problems, doesn't he? Yeah, where these are these just issue after issue with Popper, so you can kind of you can
0: balance it up that way. So it's you were just when you saying with that runner fixtures, I, I don't know whether you've got it in front of you. or Not is there any there any like I don't know whether you call it banana skins or like um, I'm going to tonight potentially would have been. I don't know if you were playing. Were you playing Brentford at home or are you playing them away? Playing them away, so tonight would have been probably a good test to see because Chelsea. I mean, we struggled when we went down there. Chelsea gave Chelsea a good game. I know that some other teams have, have done particularly well and uh, well uh, well at Brentford. But is there a game well, where you now, think actually, do you know what? If this team turns up, it could be it'd be a good well, test for us. Or I,
2: I mean, ironically, I think tonight would have been a good time to face Brentford because told he has been out, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, I think they said he was back, but. I mean he, anybody, yeah, he'd been COVID and stuff, it could have, he could have been.
2: No, so like if you look, we've got Brighton, then Newcastle, then Burnley, uh, then Wolves, then Villa. That that's FA Cup. Right? No, and then Villa in the Premier League. Then West Ham. So that Villa and West Ham possibly they are there, you, you looking to but that's five, six games away. And if you if you put a good run together by that point then
0: Yeah, probably could have overtaken West Ham by then, so
2: yeah, exactly. And you don't know what they're going to be like after
0: the after the fixture congestion. I think so. I think the biggest thing for United is that uh, that West Ham suddenly don't look like the team they were six weeks ago, and they've they've I would not say they've stumbled, but I just think they've just they've just suddenly stopped scoring goals. Um, and Arsenal, for all of that, what eight or ten game unbeaten run that they went on, just looked like the same Arsenal after they would played you. That I mean, if Arsenal would have beaten you that day, it would have been a, bit, it would have been a fair old gap. Um, and I know that Spurs haven't really played and I think they've got a couple of games in hand um, on you and I don't know whether they're a point ahead or a point behind I can't remember which but they've still still got to win those those games haven't they and they they don't look like they don't look like world beaters under Conte yet so I think he's very much in the mix where I think you just said four weeks ago that probably West Ham would have probably run away with that after they'd beaten us you'd probably think West Ham would probably nailed on to get this fourth spot but it's amazing what can happen in a, a few well, weeks.
2: Last five games, we picked up the same amount of points as Chelsea, and they were considered title contenders, weren't they? So, all of a sudden, you keep looking at it and going, Yeah, we're in a much better place. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to just see how it pans out. It would have been nice to have a few more, a bit more of a break in between each game, so tactics and ideas could be properly put on. but... We'll see what happens. He's already made backroom staff changes. Hasn't he, bringing in some coaches that he knows and's trusted. So,
1: oh, we you watching it today? One of them's called like he's called like Chris Mass or something, isn't he? Or Chris? Yeah. Mm. And you you me? Watch, yeah, and the commentator was like, "Oh, Christmas has come early for Manchester United." This I thought it was an absolute gem of a line. That I thought, oh, <laughs> I'm surprised he, he said it early on. I was surprised he carried on. I would have just put the microphone down and walked
0: out. I <laughs> Drop. Oh, yeah. And no, then I, I go on. Oh, well, sorry, right. i was, you. You ruined my segue into the next uh, into the into the next thing we were going to talk about. Go, go on, Ross. You finish what we were going to say about about Christmas. No, I'll, I'll, I'll. Well, if I say nothing now, it ruins it even more,
2: doesn't it? <laughs> 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 I was just going to say. I just think it's it's interesting to see to see what happens and obviously transfer window coming up does Dean Henderson want to stay around for another season if De is getting there Martial's taking pictures with the top off is he going to hang around any longer is there going to be a big clear out is there not going to be a big clear out he's kind of kept his cards to his chest close to his chest in terms of transfers in January in terms of ins and outs hasn't there I don't think there'll be many ins but it'll be interesting to see who he just suddenly goes sod off you're you well Newcastle's keep getting linked with Jesse Lingard don't they
1: because I, I keep thinking that'd be a really sensible signing for Newcastle.
0: Well, the well they don't need them, attackers,
2: but... do they?
0: No, they need defenders. No, they need yeah, they need defenders.
2: They don't need that another would... maverick of a attacking midfielder, like.
0: I know, but I think once once the once the maverick of Saint Maximum is ill or injured, or if <laughs> Wilton goes down, other than Joel who they got the to put the ball in the net. And there's a couple of times where they just need a bit more. They just need a bit more creativity, like Joe yeah, Willock right as well as he well played last year. How many goals have he got this year? None. One. They just yeah, they I'm just not. don't seem to be set up particularly particularly well. And you're right, they're leaking goals all over the place. And Leicester, who have not been able to really put any decent form together, put four past them. But I, don't, I suppose Newcastle are always going to have games like that where potentially that. I'd a, like a, a really attack, a really very good attacking team and move the ball quite quickly all of a sudden it'll take a not very not very much for them to get through the midfield and then that back line's not anywhere near it anywhere close to being what it needs to be
2: yeah yeah
0: we'll say I, yeah just I think you, to... I thought you know I thought I thought Martial would have been gone in January but to get rid of Martial and Lingard with Cavani's injury record and not bring anybody else in I, I don't know, you, you don't well. you don't want to be you don't want to be down yeah, but then to just if you, yeah, but then if Greenwood But if you've got Greenwood Rashford,
2: I mean Sancho could even play up with thing, well, yeah. well yeah, Anthony Alanga, it, who started as well, could
1: Yeah. Alanga and Diallo, who sort of uh, uh, And Ahmad seems seem to sort of be out of the cold this season, does not he? But they've suddenly popped up on the bench and couldn't starting
2: and, and stuff, haven't they? So maybe he fancies them. Because he i from reading he seems to have a policy of signing under twenty three players. For teams because they were like blank canvases. They were they were adaptable and and had no uh, no bad habits from previous coaches.
0: So I think he favors youth in terms of going with that. So you might say, I know United have got. I know United might just need it in terms of a way of playing, but United United can't afford to be signing under twenty three players for fifteen million quid and waiting to see whether or not they become world beaters. I'm not saying that, but what
2: I'm saying is you could you could get rid of Martial and then you could say right, well. Instead of signing one, well, let's just see Anthony Langer. You've got you've got a good record. Yeah, at yeah. the twenty-three yeah. level, we've got Ronaldo Cavani. So you're not going to play every week, but if you used to train with the first team enough, then you, you get dropped into it. Let's see what you can do then. Instead of, I mean, ultimately, you still need a
0: defensive midfielder, don't we? Well, with Marshall on the bench, you might as well have Paul Chuckle sat there, might you? So it doesn't really make it <laughs> doesn't really make any difference. <laughs>
2: Maybe if he finally leaves the club, he'll find the man who's owes him money because he always looks like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, go on. You can do your Christmas segue now. Well, it wasn't a Christmas segue, it was a time segue. You said something about we needed more time. And I was like, another team that might need a few more more, um, days would be um, the England cricket team, Simon. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was my that
1: was my segue. But yeah, it's been um a tough week for England cricket. We got absolutely pummeled in the in the first ashes test. Um we we lost very comfortably. I think there was there was one period when Joe Root and David Milan batted quite well together and it, it sort of looked like we might do all right. And I stayed up to watch the first session and after about half an hour pre- they were pretty much all out and it was all it was all over. The um they move on to, to the second test match, which is in Adelaide and start I think it starts on Thursday. Yeah. Thursday morning, yeah.
2: I was um just before you carry I was listening to Talk Spot on the way home just before the start of the first test. And I was listening to Drive Time. I can't remember who was on with Andy Goldstein, but he said, uh you're gonna stay up and watch it? And someone said, uh yeah, I'll stay up and watch the first ball and then I've got to sleep. But Andy Goldstein's like, What do you mean to stay up and watch the first ball? What's the point of watching the first ball? And then <laughs> first <laughs> ball this time round absolute corker yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah 147 all out in the end I um, suppose you, you need more time in between tests you can just make the first one a three day test and then you give you two more days <laughs> to, uh, to prepare for the next one
2: but yeah but absolutely Rick, must win this second one Root's come out and said there's a different feeling in camp and he's quite optimistic about what could happen well, I actually, I don't think it was a disaster in
1: so much as, I don't know, I just like they were underprepared. They've had this test match now. I, you know, Milan and Root look quite good. Hamid, I mean not you
2: would, Do you think if Rory Burns doesn't shuffle so far across his stumps and he actually keeps that first ball out, it's an entirely different test match?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, we were kind of blown away a bit. I just had a feeling I, I was sort of hoping we'd lose the toss actually. I was because the trouble is you win the toss bat is sort of you kind of have to bat. But I just felt like we were so underprepared. There was always a chance. I think in general, I think bowlers are kind of best when fresh. Whereas batsmen are best when they've had a lot of game time. And you know, our batsmen will probably hit top four midway through the fifth test. And I think it sort of showed a little bit. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'd, we'd got off to a, a little bit of a, a better start. and You know, the, the Australia haven't played much test match cricket. The last test series they played was against India, like, last year. Where it was sort of the start of this year. And they actually lost that in Australia, sort of, in an incredible series. So, And they've got a new captain. So, there's a lot of sort of fragility in the Australian team going into this match. And I think Hazelwood's got injured now. So, I, I think if we could get back into it with a win... Then maybe you know people will start looking at some of the some of the holes in the in the Australian team. think a slight concern was a big problem for them was who was going to bat at number five, and then Travis Head actually came out and hit a hundred, which sort of solved that problem for them. Marcus Harris, the other opener, doesn't look great. But, you know, I think he's sort of out of his depth, and obviously that Q he'll hit a hundred now. Now I've said that, but <laughs> he was sort of a bit of a weak link. And, and Warner was, you know, he didn't bat in the second innings. They say the injury is not too bad, so you know, I think there are question marks in that Australia team. But, um, but yeah, we'll, see, we'll have to see what happens in Adelaide. It's we, we a day-night Test match in Adelaide, so I think it's I think play starts at four a.m. So I think yeah. I
0: play it most of the morning, I guess. I and then, I mean, the other thing is, was it, it was, the first test was at the Gabber and England have not won there since 86. So, I mean, you feel like that you could have played England's best test side for the last 20 years and they probably still wouldn't have. Yeah, the Gabba yeah. Yeah, they still wouldn't have, have been able to to muster up a win. So, I don't know. And then you think that obviously the the Warner and Broad, Broad's got Warner out more than anybody else, hasn't he? That he's got this really good record with. Uh, yeah, playing yeah, again. he does, yeah. Oh. So, I, I don't know. I know Anderson, but it met made a difference. I, I think you're right. I, think, I don't think Robinson bowled that badly, but I suppose it's just one of them things. When, when everything just goes against you, um, it goes against you. Are yeah. England still missing a top-class spinner?
1: We are. Uh, I don't think that's the reason we lost that Test match. But, you know, in general, that, that is an issue. You know, Nathan Lyons bowled really well for them again, and we just haven't dropped that option. And, um, yeah, you know, I think Leach. They had, they had, they clearly had a, our best spinner is Jack Leach. They played him. Australia clearly had a plan to just like get after him straight away, which I suppose could, in theory could have backfired if he'd sort of got them all out, but he, they he didn't. They, they just smashed him around the park. And so be kind of how he responds to that, how England responds to that if they stick with him. The other option is Don Bess, who is a better batsman than him, a better fielder than him, but not as good a bowler. Or you go in no spinner and, and get Joe Root to to bowl ball those overs. So it's kind of it's kind of up to them what they do. But I the key in this Adelaide test match will be in these day-night test matches, there's basically a period where it goes from dark, where it goes from light to dark and the artificial light takes over. They have this kind of twilight period when the ball often swings around a lot. And the pink ball they use in in these day-night test matches swings more than the normal red ball. As, as, so, it, very much the conditions should suit us. James Anson will come back in, Broad will be back in. It'll be all about whether or not our team bowlers can bowl them out cheaply. And, um, and it, so, it's probably the test match where the conditions will suit us the best, apart from maybe Hobart, which, where, which is now going to host the final test match.
0: So, it's, uh,
1: so it's a big opportunity for us.
0: Can I you've, just got say- think, you've got to say, you've got to think of a bowling lineup of Wood, Robinson, um Broad and Anderson surely we must be able to get must be able to take 20 wickets with with those four yeah
1: 100% and you think the batting conditions should be more normal you know sort of more English than they have been than they will be anywhere else so
2: can I just say in your uh, in your talk Simon you said two things that I I, I should have laughed out louder um <laughs> First, you said uh, if you if you win the toss and choose to bat, you've got to bat, which I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally obvious. And then, what I also like when we're talking about spinner, you've you, you very nicely decided that uh, it's up to them what they do. I yeah. be quite think of you to pass the responsibility on them. <laughs> Ch- channeling an inner Michael Owen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I stand by both comments,
0: yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the all end right, of the day, it's a game of two halves, isn't it? I don't know <laughs> I don't, I don't, what's worse, Ross, that you should have laughed harder at them or I didn't even know that Simon had said that.
1: <laughs> well, I have not realised I'd said
0: it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, is that it, then? Yeah, I think that's it. I think we all need to go to bed. Yeah, I've got a panto in the morning. No, no well, yeah. Been... As
1: well. what, what, what time's the
2: first show in at? Uh, ten forty. Um, I hope it goes well. So there's a ten forty performance, and then a, a half past one performance in the afternoon. So, yeah, so it should be good. I'm excited. Plus, it's pretty much a whole day out of class.
0: Always a bonus. Well, good luck. Break a leg. Yeah, that's what. Uh, there is a moment where
2: I had have, have to like chase after people, and tonight I pulled out a slide tackle, and I don't think the person <laughs> I was chasing was really expecting it. <laughs> so I might actually yeah. break a leg tomorrow. Do they have pantos all over the world? I don't think they do
0: because I was watching no, like... TikTok today, and they were trying to set like English people explaining pantomimes to. Well, funnily well, yeah, enough, I mean... there was. I was watching, there was a random episode of QI on the other day and there was somebody, uh, there there was a Nigerian comic on there and they'd said something about Pantos or something like that and the whole crowd went like, oh no you don't or he's behind you or something like that and Sandy Toxberg had to turn to him and go, let me just explain what's just happened there because he didn't have a clue what was going on at that point. People just randomly shouting words. Uh, I
1: feel, to be honest with you Laz we should have, we should have explained the panther to our international listeners earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Sorry, yeah. We'll what? be
1: losing them. Uh, all those gains we were making in downtown Jakarta.
2: Yeah. And uh, they're going to think, this Ross, he says some quite intelligent stuff, but at the start when he's talking about panther. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it very much sets, sets us up for next year for, for our own panther. When when the world reopens again, and we can feel like we can we can see one another again,
2: a podcast pan that'd be interesting. Podcast panso.
0: We can we can we can um, put half an hour in for our uh, Christmas night out. Yeah, um, Ross Ross has gone to, to he, write, start writing it already. To <laughs> be, right, <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave it there. Fair
1: right. Right. Until next time. Bye
0: bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank One Third Scouts podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank Three. That's at M A N C T H R W E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.